Welcome to HopeNet Radio, connecting generations to save lives from destructive lifestyles and suicide. Suicide was definitely something that was on my mind a lot. I wanted the pain of life to just stop. My dad is kind of verbally abusive, and he's also a workaholic. When I was hanging around with a bad group, I got raped. I was angry with God for the longest time. A couple weeks ago, my cousin hung himself. I really need to get closer to God. I just slipped so far. HopeNet Radio. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to HopeNet Radio, where conversations save lives. This is episode 150. My name is Jeff, and it's great that you're here joining this conversation with us this week. Let me introduce you to the friends around the table tonight. Uh, we've got, of course, my wonderful co-host. I called you lovely last week, DW. I don't know if you remember that, but I still think you're lovely. You're I not do. wearing orange, though, tonight. I'm still in trauma. I'm in, I'm in counseling now. Why are you in counseling for that? You called me lovely. And that was unusual. I'm an old football hockey player. That's just not a compliment. <laughs> I mean, think about it. There's a lovely football player out there. You never heard that, did you? I guess not. No. You never heard a hockey player. There goes any, the lovely guy checks him into the boards. You just don't hear that. <laughs> I know if I'm offending anyone, sorry, I just, I'm, you know, lovely just doesn't work. <laughs> it's like calling me adorable. You know, I mean, either one of them. I think there's some little cute dogs that are adorable. Aww. But, you know, thank you though, Jeff. I appreciate being lovely in your sight. <laughs> yeah. Hey, with us also, Mike Jewell's back in studio. Welcome back, Mike. It's good to see you. Ah, good to be here. Good to see you, Jeff. How is your fall going? It seems like we went right from like 60s fall to like 30s fall. It's crazy how fast that went. I know. I was a deer hunter and I was out this last weekend and it was, you know, the worst weather of the year so far it happened on Saturday morning as I was standing on top of a hill and and the breeze oh. blowing at about 40 mile an hour. Oh. So it was cold, but it, we had fun. Did you get any, any deer? Uh, I got skunked. I got skunked, but I, I did scare one. You got a skunk? No. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know it was yeah, skunk I, season. I didn't did, did get any, did, any did deer at all, but that? I did scare one. I got one shot off, and that you was it. You shot Pepe Le Pew? <laughs> oh, no way. <laughs> No that's way. some pretty bad deer hunting if you yeah, don't. That's I mean, you can, when you come you can not catch that. anything, but if you catch a skunk or you kill you know, a see, skunk. You'll see my wife would, uh, when I asked her if I could mount it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I did that once to a skunk. I, I didn't mount it, but I skinned it. Oh, really? Oh, oh it was a oh, challenge. That was brave. You know, I hit it oh. with a car. And, and, and as I hit it with a car, I thought, you know what? It was my dad's car when I was in high school. <laughs> And I said, I'm just throw it out and hit a roof rack. And I, I got out and I threw it up on the roof rack. I thought it would air out by the time I got here. Uh-uh. And, and really, it didn't smell too bad. So the next morning, I got up and I thought, you know what? I'm going to skin this booger. And so I went and I, I skinned that thing. And, uh, <laughs> and I got that skin off before I hit those scent sacks. And oh. when I dropped it in the hole, uh, those scent sacks gave loose, man. And it was vicious. But I got that skunk skin and I tanned it. And I had it for years. And then... I was a school teacher, and I had it in my class, and some kid stole it. I don't know who stole it, but it's never. It was oh, it was no. gone one morning. Davy oh, Crockett, no. maybe. Oh uh, yeah. Oh. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Hey, and I'm excited to have Tara K back. It's been a while, Tara. Welcome back to the show. Thanks, Jeff. It's good to be back. It has been a while. Too yeah. long. It's always good to have you on the show, especially when you're speaking to young women, and you have that perspective that just is. It's different from what I have, what Dave has, and. And just your experience. There's so much that God's done in your life, so it's always great to have you on the show. Guys, tonight, let's talk about adversity. This last week, you know, we, we all celebrated in some fashion, some maybe more than others. 
Thanksgiving. We had Thanksgiving. I hope you all had a great Thanksgiving. And even if it wasn't so great for you, it's still a good time of year to be thankful. We have a lot to be thankful for in America. And there's a lot of things that happen this time of year. Sometimes they happen to us. Sometimes they happened years ago. And, and so there's pain. There's stuff that's going on in your life that is, uh, is not so pleasant that you don't always feel like you can be thankful for. And, uh, Dave, I don't know if that's resounding at all with you, but it just seemed like this time of year for many different people, many different reasons that it's, it's just easy to try to just stay in your shell and, and maybe just go through some of these emotions by yourself. We live in a culture that keeps comparing ourselves to everybody else and everything else. And unfortunately, that's a way to lose. It'd be like uh, my knee comparing itself to my elbow. You know, I mean, the, the elbow has all this movement and I don't get that movement. And well, yeah, because you're a knee and it's different. I, I think what we have to do is start looking at what God has made us to be, how he made us, and enjoy that. And it's going to be different. And forget the idea that things are continually portrayed differently elsewhere to make us feel inadequate. Um, and we can talk about that more, but I think that's a key to, to being joyful throughout any adversity. Yeah, and it is the season of joy. Now that we're past Thanksgiving, the focus seems to be so driven on Christmas. Christmas is coming. We're still a few weeks away from that. But it's still a great time to try to figure out, okay, how can I have joy in my life? Maybe you're dealing with adversity right now in your life. Maybe you've got some stuff going on, some health issues, relationship issues, stress in the family, stress at school. Man, we want to help you through that. Connect with us on the tweet back tonight. Hang out with us. We're going to fire up the tweet back tonight. It's our live Twitter chat. Use the hashtag HNRTB. And this conversation is just getting started here on HopeNet Radio. Are you hurting? Stressed out? Need somebody to talk to? Chat with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Your support during Q-Drive makes these conversations possible. We couldn't do it without you. To make a pledge, go to Q90FM.com slash pledge. And we look forward to more great conversations in 2017. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show. Hope at HopeNet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. Chat with a live coach anytime tonight if you're going through something difficult. As we're talking about this topic of adversity, different types of adversity that we've all faced. Every single one of us is going to face adversity at some point in our life. The worst thing you can do, we're going to talk about this, is to do it alone. And tonight, live coaches are online. They're waiting to chat with you at HopeNet360.com. Make use of them if that can be a meaningful conversation for you. We want to help you start the conversation tonight. Maybe this is the first time you've had an opportunity to talk about some of the stuff you're facing, some of the adversity. Because, Dave, what ends up happening is when we're going through adversity, I think one of the things that keeps us from opening up and talking about the struggle and the stuff that we're dealing with is that none of us really want to feel like we're a burden, do you ever feel that way? You know what? That's true. I, when I was a younger uh, child at 11, I was in a wheelchair. And I understand what it is to feel like a burden to people. And, and it really is a pain. You don't want to be a burden mm-hmm. to people. Something about us wants us to be productive around people. And the minute you, in your brain, begin to be somebody who says, you know what? People are around me to take care of me. You're in trouble. So that's a pretty natural thing to think, I don't want to be a burden, because you should be pulling your own weight, and you should be trying to do the things that you should do. And, but there are times where you can't, and you have to understand that that's where love kicks in. I mean, there, there, there's many times in life where there's things that go on that are beyond you that you cannot take care of yourself with. 
And the Bible makes it clear when somebody is in need and, and they truly are needy, those of us in the body of Christ, if we are able, we take care of them. Not if they're not needy. See, that's the big difference. And part of our problem, I think, Jeff and Mike and Tara, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but part of our problem is that we have been in a culture, a first world culture, that portrays need like all the time when it's not really needy. And we have trouble now understanding what need is in a way. Mm. And so we don't respond well to it because we're not even convinced of it because there's too many actors out there talking about how needy they are when maybe they're just lazy or maybe they're just not working at it or maybe there's another issue that needs to be straightened out. Um, the Bible is very clear that the real needy people, those who are needy, need to be helped. But that those who aren't needy, if they don't work, they don't eat. There's a big line there. So it's important that we can identify who actually is needy. And the Bible is very clear at working on that. Yeah. The one thing that uh, is real nice about adversity, now this will sound a little, little crazy, but uh, adversity, when, when you're hit with adversity, what's inside of your heart comes out. You know, imagine a, a water bottle. If you'd shake it, water comes out the top of the water bottle. That's because what, what's inside comes out had a pastor once that says what's down in the well comes up in the bucket. So adversity, depending on how you react to adversity, tells you a little bit about your heart, the heart attitude that's inside. So when you get angry or you get upset about the circumstances that are happening around you, take the opportunity to sit back and look and say, Lord, what, what is in my heart? What's yeah. causing me to, to, to react this way? And the first thing we want to do is blame the other person, for example, for causing this problem in my life. No, that's not the issue. The issue is I've got a, I've got a heart that is defective, that has been lied to. It's believing a lie. And that's when you shake it, what comes out is something that you can take back to the Lord and say, here's what I need to work on. You know what? You know what's interesting about that is when my mom, for years, I mean, she's been dead for a while now, but for years she, she had strokes and part of her body didn't work. Right. And I needed to be the one that took care of her, and I did. Mm -hmm. But when I went to her, she was, at many times, she was upset, angry. She would yell at me. She would do things. And I can remember thinking, man, you don't treat anybody else like this. You treat me like this. And I remember I was walking out of the room one day, and I was confused by that. And one of the nurses grabbed me and said, don't worry about it. And I said, don't worry about it. She must have my eyes were teary. And it's like, you know, I come to my mom. She, she goes after me. Mm -hmm. She goes, no, she doesn't go after anybody else, you know. I said, I know. She said, you know why? I said, no, she trusts you. Everybody else she puts on a face. But your mom's extremely pained right now. She's extremely yeah. miserable. You're the only one she feels she can be herself in front of. That's a compliment. Right. And I've never forgotten that. That, well, that, yep. that those people that, you, that, that are, are, are convinced that you love them, they might really let down in front of you and allow you to see them in a way where now you can actually help them yeah. because they trust that you're not going to run away on them. They trust that you're not going to uh, condemn them. They trust that you're going to do what's best for them. But if you put yourself in that position, look out, you might see some real ugly that you don't like. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's really nice about that is that when you see that in other people, I mean, the ugliness comes out and the trust is there, but you see that, what an opportunity for ministry. Right. Because then you can go back in and no matter what they do, no matter how they behave towards you, you can minister to that heart yep. and, and feed them the things that their heart needs uh, in order for them to change the behaviors as, as it goes through. For Absolutely. example, you know, Christ is the only one that can give us those things. Right. I mean, he tells us that we're significant, we're accepted, and we're secure. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's the one that tells us those things, 
And if our heart's believing what the world has told us, man, we're in desperate shape. Mm. Yep. You know, it's, it's interesting how we all respond to adversity differently. And, you know, this time of year, we just had Black Friday and, and tomorrow people will be going online and shopping online. And sometimes adversity, the way people try to deal with it is avoidance. Sometimes shopping is that. Sometimes, Dave, we talk about needy and, and adversity. Uh, what, some of the things that people are finding adversity is finding the deals on the stuff that they really want to get for Christmas. They're super bummed out that they missed out on this gaming console or this certain deal that they saw online. They're like, oh, this is great. If I just had this, man, my life would be complete. And now it's like adversity because you're like, oh, somebody cut in front of me and they you know, stole my parking spot at the mall. And Terry, you have no idea what that's like, do you? Oh, no, not at all. <laughs> I'm kidding. I've worked retail for many years, sometimes just on the side, sometimes full time. But this is a difficult time of year because working in retail, if anyone has ever done that, you get to see the best and the worst of people. And unfortunately, around this time of year, it's usually the worst because people are just you know, wanting to find that perfect gift for someone. And it, the sense of materialism and consumerism is just overwhelming. And it sometimes it overwhelms the sense of joy and happiness that is supposed to be about this season. But I, I think that's true what you were saying. Like sometimes we try to fill that need. All of us have a need for community. God created us to be in relationship with people. And sometimes it's just easier to fill it with things. And mm. especially around Christmas time, the things that we want, because that's what, since we've been, you know, younger, that's what we've been taught. Christmas, you know, what do you want? Put it on your list. Ask Santa or whatever, <laughs> put it on your want list, your wish list. And it's all about what do we want? And I think we're kind of taught that in a way, not in necessarily that it was meant to be that way. I mean, it's kind of innocent when you're little, but you know, as we grow up, we've kind of developed into that, uh, that idea of, well, just feed the need for, with things that you want and that mm-hmm. will make you happy. And then we find out that it, it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, and it's so hard to keep things straight this time of year, too, because there's so many different things going on, lots of different parties, things, get-togethers. And for some people, that's such a daunting thing to think about, you know, especially if you're going through something right now that's, you know, a health thing. Good friends of mine, family is just diagnosed with something that nobody wants to be diagnosed with. It's the holidays. It's like I'm supposed to be thankful how do you respond to that? Let's talk about that when we come back here on the show. You can join us tonight on the tweet back. Use the hashtag HNRTB. Also, our live coaches are standing by at HopeNet360.com. This conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. We're connecting parents with their teens in real conversations that save lives. HopeNet Radio on Q90FM. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. Jeff, DW, hanging out with you tonight here on HopeNet Radio. We've got Mike Jewell and Tara Kay hanging out tonight here on the show. Guys, great conversation. Adversity, we're all going to face it. Like it or not, it might not be the most comfortable season of your life going through a difficult season, going through a difficult time. Maybe it's been a long time and, and it's no longer worth talking about because it's just become normative. And I know God doesn't want us to live in defeat. Tara, you had some really great thoughts in the break. We were just chatting about this whole idea of adversity. Overcoming adversity is the big question. You know, what do we do when we're faced with stuff? What do we do? You know, maybe you're, you're diagnosed with something that you're like, really? Am I old enough to even be diagnosed with this? Am I even, I can't even compute this right now. Can you just share 
some of this idea of living in community, going through adversity from your perspective? There's a difference between good dependency and bad dependency. In the first segment, I think we talked about being independent. And there's this sense of independency in America that we have. So that causes us to not want to seek help from other people. We want to be independent. We don't want to go and seek help from other people. But yeah, it's interesting because in America, we also have this sense of dependency. Sometimes that's a bad dependency where we rely on the government, for example, not to say that that's a bad thing, but I think there's a lot of time abuse of dependency where people depend on the government, maybe if they lost their job and they depend on that too long to to support them when it was only meant to be a temporary thing. There's a good dependency and a bad dependency. So really a bad dependency and abuse of that would be depending on the government or someone to do everything for you instead of them helping you, you know, get back on your feet or whatever the situation happens to be. Mm-hmm. When you look to the right community, for example, the church, fellow believer or friends, they can help you get through adversity or whatever the situation would be in the right way. And sometimes that might be maybe not necessarily the way that you always want. Uh, I had a friend that I was going through a hard time and I talked to her about it and I was kind of looking for comfort and her to say, oh, it's okay. Oh, that's terrible. But she kind of told me, hey, you, she was, she showed me tough love. You know, you need to get back on your feet. And, mm-hmm. and she helped me through that. And I think that that was a good sense of dependency. You know, I went to her and I was, I was really wanting to depend on her to make everything okay. But she really used, I think, and it was a good dependency, it was good community mm-hmm. because she really could see what I really needed, not just what I wanted and and really helped me to move on and not just depend on her to coddle me in a way. We would probably call that codependency, yeah, you know, relying yeah, on other word. people. And it's not just maybe people relying on a system, but even families, you know, yeah, there, there are things going on in our community, whether it's, you know, people that are faced with addictions or just what I would say is more mental illness or mental instability where you're not able to make the right decisions. And so that in a way prevents you from not only living in community, but even healthy dependency, you know, looking to families to provide, you know, parents to keep providing for their kids when you're 20, even 30, maybe 40 something year old adult person, you're supposed to be able to take care of yourself. And there's something in your mind that's just prohibiting you from doing that. Or even just our own pride, our own reluctance to want to get through the adversity part of it. Dave, as we talk about adversity and we talk about community, now what are some of your thoughts here? I think, again, uh, there are issues that we need to deal with on a daily basis that affect tomorrow. When we have the wrong mind frame, you know, there's a huge difference, again, b- between responsibility and entitlement. We are responsible for looking towards helping others who need help and encouraging them. Sometimes the help somebody needs is to not help them. I mean, that's how you help them is by not helping them because they're in a position where they should be working towards helping themselves. There's a mind frame that talks about, you know, first of all, again, adversity helps us see where we are. In, in, in Proverbs 24.10, it says, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. You know, I mean, wh- where is your strength right now? Because if you believe in your mind frame right now, if you believe that adversity will not come to you or you are only going to be joyful in life because of the lack of adversity, you will fall and you will fall hard because there is no way to live this life without adversity. When you are in adversity, though, Proverbs 17.7 says, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. The bottom line really is there are times where you just need to sit with somebody. You need a, I mean, recently there was a young man that was going through a hard time and, and I went up to him and I just stood next to him, put my arm around him, gave him a hug. That was it. Right, that's all I needed to say. 
I didn't need to say anymore. I'm not going to fix anything. There's no fix. What he was going through is something that he has to go through, and I can't help him with that. But I can stand right next to him, put my arm around him, and say, this stinks, man. I'm in it with you. See, there are times where we just need to be with people. The, the best thing you can say to somebody at a funeral is not pulling out a Bible and start preaching at them. It's stand there with them and weep. Put your arm around them. Stand right there. You know, when my dad died, and, and actually the anniversary of his date, it's tomorrow actually from the recording date here, but it's 29 years ago. And, and the people that came to that funeral, he died suddenly of a heart attack, very unexpected. And the people that came and pulled out their Bible and started preaching at me, I, I remember thinking, I was very courteous to him, but I remember thinking, go away. Yeah. Just go away. I don't want to talk to you. But there were others who came and just stood with me and just stood. And I said, thanks, friend. Thanks. Hmm. Yeah, that's what I needed right then. I just didn't need somebody to tell me stuff I already knew. I was in pain. I was confused. I was, you know, there are moments where you just need someone to stand right next to you. Mm -hmm. and, then, and then look for that moment. Um, I've gone through so much hardship with people who have gone through some. I mean, I've, I've been with people whose families have been murdered. And, and I have a friend who was murdered. And I mean, you sit with them and you talk to them. It's funny how often I will, I will be the one who mentions the tragedy. I will talk about it with them. They will sigh and they will look at me and say, thank you. Nobody will talk to me about this. I just needed to talk to somebody about it. Nobody would talk to me about it. They, I, I walk in a room and they act like it's not there. They act like it never happened, and they don't know what to say. You walk in a room, and you said, man, how did you react when you heard that your you know, husband got killed? It's like, you're the only one that's asked me that. And I thought, you know what? Why can I get away with that? Because I, I'm, I'm a friend. I'm standing there. I already spent the time crying. I already spent the time. They already know that. Yeah. It's, and now I'm, I'm, I'm asking them, tell me what's on your heart. Tell me what you're thinking. Tell me about the incident. You know, when I was in a wheelchair, I knew I was in a wheelchair. And for people to avoid the issue and not act like I was in a wheelchair is silly mm. because I was in one and I needed someone to acknowledge the fact that I was so I could be okay. And, uh, and it's important that we, we understand how to help people through adversity. And we can talk more about this as we go on. David, it reminds me of that story that we read in Exodus recently with Moses and how he recognized that presence was more important than blessing. Right. And in a way, Dave, you're talking exactly about this, how we all need presence more than we need necessarily. And I'm not talking like presence with a T, I'm talking presence with a C. Being there, being in the same place, not really saying anything, but just you're there. How important that is, especially when you're faced with adversity. Let's talk about that in the second half of the show tonight. If you're facing adversity and maybe you just need to have somebody walk through it with you tonight, a live coach is a great person to go to and chat with right now at hopenet360.com. Also, connect with us via email as well. If you want someone just to pray with you this week, maybe you want to be a little bit more anonymous, we're not going to mention anything on the show, email us at hope at hopenet360.com. We'd love to walk through it with you together. And this conversation will continue in the second half of HopeNet Radio. Feel like nobody cares? We do. HopeNet360.com has an online crisis chat line powered by Groundwire. A live coach is available to talk right now at hopenet360.com. Every teen needs positive interactions every day. It's why many teens visit the online crisis chat line powered by Groundwire. Through Groundwire, adults like you volunteer two to four hours per week, sharing wisdom and encouragement with young people searching for that one positive voice in a world blaring with negatives. You can be that positive voice. We're adding 20 new coaches to our online coaching team. Learn more at hopenet360.com slash coach. 
Hi, this is Dave Wager, a voice you normally hear on HopeNet Radio. And when I'm not doing radio, one of my favorite things to do is teach at the Nicolay Bible Institute. I invite you to check out this one-year Bible and service program at nicolaybibleinstitute.org. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to the second half of HopeNet Radio. Glad that you've joined us this week on the show. If you miss any part of this conversation, you can subscribe to the HopeNet Radio podcast at HopeNet360.com slash podcast. Jeff, DW, we've got Tara Kay and Mike Jewell hanging out on the show this week, and we're talking through adversity. It's difficult. I know every single one of us, we're going to face adversity. Nobody escapes it. This life, there's so many things that can vie for our joy. And we see that so often. We were talking about that a little bit earlier in the show, how it seems like joy is easy to be lost at this point of the year, whether it's just trying to get all the shopping done and and the stress of all the different Christmas parties and gatherings and, and even the stress about thinking about those things just totally steals your joy. And uh, Dave, I came across this video this week, a young man who was in his 80s. Uh, I say young because I'm sure he still feels like it. He's 82 years old. We're posting in our show notes so you can watch the video for yourself. But it's a fantastic story about an 82-year-old young man who lost his wife. And, and it just tells this beautiful story, beautifully painful story of a, a man who loved his wife so much that, you know, when she passed away, it just, it totally just sunk him. He just lived day to day. And he even admitted in the video, like, I just was waiting to die. Like, I was just waiting for my time. He would say you fell into a deep depression. I mean, what do you do? That's, for some people, that is, I mean, I would include myself in that. That would be a point of adversity. Like, how in the world, you know, what's my purpose? I'm 80-some years old. What else is there? And he went shopping and did something everybody has to do. He had to go grocery shopping at some point. He went grocery shopping and there's this four-year-old girl who's shopping with her mother, and she sees this guy coming out of the aisle and and looks at him and says, hey, old man. And, and he was like, are you kidding me? And she asked him for a hug. And it was this beautiful story of this four-year-old girl who made a, a random, I mean, some people would be insulted by it, but it's a four-year-old girl. It's, she's so innocent. I mean, you, you see her and you're like, how can you be mad at this girl, Nora, who, you know, old man, whatever. I, okay, I'll give you a hug. And, and how it totally changed his life. I mean, your guys' reaction to this video when you watched it, what, what were your first thoughts, Tara? I was really intrigued with the fact that this was a big news story. I mean, I am, but I'm not at the same time. Because it seems like so simple. How did they decide, well, we need to put this on the news? Because it seems so simple. Yet we don't often see this actually happen, which is why it's newsworthy. And it's almost sad that it's newsworthy because it's a rare occurrence and it should be something that we should do random acts of kindness on a daily basis, that it's not just happen to be news because it doesn't happen very often. Yeah, I would agree with you. I think there's so much though on the news that's like, Please, I'm just starving for some good news. That's true. Yeah. Mike, Dave, what were, your, what were your initial reactions to this video? I see when I saw the video, my reaction was the unconditional love that little girl showed towards that guy. I mean, the power that unconditional love can do changed his whole life. Uh, they meet now weekly. Uh, he gets a chance to see her every time he sees her. Uh, she, she gives him a hug. You know, he has meaning now. He has a purpose to live because he can feed into her life, and they can do some things together. What's more wonderful than that? I mean, just to have another person in community 
that, yes, he's dependent on her in a good way. I mean, he wants to feed into her life. He wants to maintain a relationship. She wants to maintain a relationship with him. And they come and meet weekly. So it's a, it's a beautiful picture of what unconditional love can do in the midst of a community. And there's a community of two caring for each other. Yeah, you know, you can never minimize the importance of telling somebody they're important to you. That You can't minimize that. Mm-hmm. Remember, we've talked often about there's two things I believe in life that people strive for, and that's significance and security. And this old man, he, um, this young old man, felt like he lost his significance when his wife died. He felt like he was all by himself. And there are a lot of older people in the world that could use a visit, by the way. There's a lot of older people that feel like nobody really cares about what uh, they're thinking or their lives, and they just don't talk to anybody because our culture, you can be easily isolated. And I would encourage people out there, if you want to learn something and you want to be used of God, go seek somebody that you would consider old and go sit and just have a cup of coffee with them and talk to them and include them in your life a little bit. And you'll be surprised how it goes both ways how you will get enriched in your life and how the older person will be enriched because somebody actually wants to sit and talk with them. It's nothing new in life to believe that that young people, that there's a generation gap and that the young people think the old people don't know what they're talking about. There's something very precious about a four-year-old being able to just go to some, call a guy an old guy. You know, my, my wife and I still work with the third to fifth graders and every once in a while, I mean, I've been doing it since 1970. <laughs> and, and every once in a while, someone will say, you, you keep doing this. And I go, there's nothing like kids, man. There's nothing like them. When they're still third graders and they're still just kids, I have kids run up to me every week and grab me and give me a big hug and ask me how I'm doing. And <laughs> I mean, how many people I know that are 60 years old have fifth graders running up to them, giving a hug and talking about their school day and ask them how they're doing? <laughs> and they do some of the craziest things. I'm telling you, they're kids. Um, they've got me <laughs> laughing all the time at what they're doing because they're kids. It's not that they're being vicious or malicious or anything else. They're just kids. Yeah. I remember once this kid was just really uh, rowdy in the group, and I told him, get up and come to the back and sit by me. He got up, but he could hardly walk because he had taken handcuffs and put them around his ankles. <laughs> and, and, and he was trying to walk down the aisle. Now, if you could only imagine this, this was just a couple weeks ago. I mean, you could only imagine. I am trying to settle things down. <laughs> And he gets up in the aisle, and he's trying to walk down the aisle with handcuffs on his legs. <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh, brother, this is working really well. You know what, though? I wasn't really overly mad at him. He was a kid. Yeah. And he was doing kid things. And there's something about kids that if you would just spend time with them, you can't help but get better because they're kids. Mm-hmm. We need to give our time to them, and they should be giving their time to older people so they can see what the, the rest of the world looks like and glean the wisdom from them. I think that might be something to do with why Jesus was so adamant about young children. Do you remember that story in the New Testament where these kids just started rushing Jesus? And and I'm sure all the parents were there were like, no, 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 you can't. You know, he's teaching right now. I mean, he's busy. And Jesus, his response wasn't, you know, good job, parents. No, his response was, let the children come to me and do not hinder them. I love that story because there is something powerful in the innocence of kids. I look at my kids, three years old, five years old, and and I'm thinking, man, I learn something new every day. I learn how to be a better dad every day from them, not from other dads necessarily. Sure, I'll, I'll see some posts or I'll, I'll have conversations with other dads, but they're telling me the same things. They're like, you know, my kids teach me so much 
about who I am and they teach me I'm not like who I am necessarily because of what they show me. Uh, but I also learn about the love that God has for us. And I truly have a deeper appreciation for that. And probably the same is true for this young old man, how he just responded and, and he needed that touch. He needed that significant moment in his life. There are so many people, Dave, like you said, there are people that are needing those kinds of significant moments. What a great story. Check out the video in the show notes. It's it's a fantastic story. You're going to want to see it and share it with your friends. And this conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. If you're going through something tonight, a live coach is waiting to talk to you at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at HopeNet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. Jeff, DW, Mike Jewell, and Tara Kay hanging out here on HopeNet Radio. Guys, it's been a great conversation. You'll want to check out the show notes for sure tonight at HopeNet360.com. We have a great video in there and uh, and just some good stuff just to chew on this week. But guys, as we're talking about adversity, uh, this whole idea, community keeps coming back into our conversations in between these segments. How, you know, how... We desire so much to to have relationship with people and how hard it is sometimes to really find community that, that can support you. Tara, you've, you've been sharing just some different stories of different people that have struggled to find real good community, people they can lean into and not feel like they're a burden, but also know that they're being helped. I think that's one thing that as I talk with people, Dave, I'm sure through the years as well, you've heard the same thing from people, just how how starving people truly are, even though it is easy to isolate ourselves, we are really starving for relationships. I think that's why social media is so huge today. We're starving for that connection, for that real relationship, especially for those moments when we're dealing with adversity. I agree. I think we're so starving for community. I mean, look at Facebook. I mean, people post everything about their lives because they want to share their life with people. But I think sometimes we share in the wrong ways. So when you post everything um, that you're going through on Facebook, you're not posting it necessarily, especially if it's something that's very sensitive, not posting it necessarily to a safe community. So people, um, as many of our listeners probably know, I work with women that have been um, sexually abused, sexually exploited and trafficked. And I mean, it fits in with what we're talking about tonight because we're talking about community and how important that is. And a lot of women who have been trafficked, sex trafficked, often have been sexually abused. And the reason why pimps or traffickers find them easy to recruit um, is because they know they're looking for a sense of belonging. They're looking for a sense of community. Mm. So when somebody they're they're facing that adversity, if they're facing abuse, there is a good sense of community. They could go to maybe a parent, a teacher or a counselor. But when you're hurting, it's very easy to run away from that, to, yeah. to want to isolate. So there are people who know that the pimps know that and try to look for people who are young, who are vulnerable, who've been abused because they know they're looking for a sense of community. So they create this false community. Like I'm your daddy. You call me daddy. They have recruited other girls that they say, now you need to call each other wifey and we're all in this together. Mm. And it's this false sense of community. So we're talking about, you know, social media is good sometimes because it lets us express ourselves. But sometimes if you're posting sensitive things like, you know, I, I, things like abuse or, you know, anger towards your parents or something like that. There are people who are reading that ready to provide a false sense of community that's 
not good that yeah. that it ends in exploitation so i think as a church too and as christians we need to be stepping in and looking for those who are vulnerable and provide a safe community for them a yeah. safe way to express themselves and show them that there's a circle of trust where you sh- it, you can share we want you to share those sensitive things and things that have happened to you mm-hmm. but to the right people who are going to help you and look out for your best interests yeah you know a lot of that comes from when they're young i mean honestly within a church community there has to be adults who care for others without wanting anything in return other than the, the good of those people and children who are third, fourth, second, whatever grade need to be surrounded by adults that are like that so that they can know who to go to when they need help and feel like they can go to them. The tragedy really in many churches is that we've hired this out. In other words, it's become a professional mm-hmm. thing rather than a, a church thing. There are plenty of people in our churches and, and the adults need to spend more time with the children. They need to spend more time just being with them, enjoying them and, and being in the youth works and that kind of thing. Instead, a lot of times we'll go out and we'll hire people to do that, hire youth pastors, whatever. You take care of them, hire teachers. And we keep having people that work with our children that are professionals rather than the people who are just there. I want to encourage you, if you're a member of a church, you're part of a church, be a part that's a, a positive part with young people and give them opportunity to be a part of your life. Give them opportunity to see you run games with them and, and sit with them and sing with them and, and just be a part of who they are. Because there's a lot of misguided information out there. There's a lot of young people that believe that love means that you sacrifice yourself for somebody sexually or something else. And, and that's not true. They need older people in their lives, and that's not true. That's not the way it is. They just need the information. Dave, do you think one of the reasons, one of the stories that people pick on in the Bible is how Jesus lost his temper and flipped all the tables in the temple? And But I think what Jesus was passionate for, or at least one of the things, was because he saw how people within the church in this community that's supposed to be looking out and and looking for vulnerabilities and that sort of thing. And they've taken relationships and they've made them transactional where it becomes people within in the church have become the customer and somehow they're serving me and my needs. Community is more than that. Community can't be transactional. Can it? I mean, that's, we shouldn't look at it that way, but I think in some way that's kind of what Jesus was fighting against here in that community was don't make this about a transaction. Make this about doing life together, you know, not have official store hours as it were, but to actually pour in and be willing to go the extra two, three, four, five steps that sometimes people can't do for themselves. You know, Jeff, I think it's very interesting because when I see people wanting community, desiring community, want to be accepted, want to be significant, secure, all those things. When I look at a, at a church or, or individual members in a church and they step out and they give themselves away to those people who are going through adversity and they just give themselves and give themselves and give themselves, those people have some of the strongest communities around them mm. of friends and, and uh, acquaintances that they'd ever want. They're not lacking for community. When a person comes into a church and they expects to take things from the church, you know, I want their youth program for my kids. I want to uh, listen to good music on Sunday mornings during the worship time. I want a good message. You better be right according to what way I think. They take, they take, they take. A lot of times those people lack community. And when the adversity hits, they're not able to uh, deal with it. They struggle. Well, guys, it's been a great conversation tonight. We're going to wrap up when we come back here on the show. You can connect with us, though, tonight. Lots of great thoughts, lots of great things to talk about amongst yourselves and with us. If you'd like to interact with us on the show, use the hashtag HNRTB on Twitter or shoot us an email at hope at hopenet360.com. This conversation will wrap up when we come back 
here on HopeNet Radio. Love HopeNet Radio? Stay in contact all week long at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. Check out tonight's show notes at HopeNet360.com. Wrapping things up tonight, Jeff, DW, Tara K, and Mike Jewell. Guys, great conversations. I'd love to know some of your final thoughts, Tara, as we're wrapping up the show. We're talking about community. Lots of ways to look at this. Young women out there who are maybe going through adversity. I mean, it could be anything from relationship issues, which is adversity in some respects, to grades and school at this time of year is stressful, to jobs, to what are the things that you would just like to say to them tonight? Women tend to maybe, we're more talkative generally. Um, So we like to verbally express ourselves right away versus stopping and thinking about, is this, am I in a good community? Is this a safe community to say this? Um, Maybe they'll post something emotional online or they'll say it amongst anybody and they don't think about oh now this person's going to go tell so and so you know you have to stop and think about if it's something that's very sensitive who you're saying it to where you're saying it if you're posting it online or if you're saying it in a group of people stop and think about where can i find someone who is trusted that i can really talk about this with versus just I feel this, so now I'm going to say this. And then it's going to come back and come back in the form of gossip or get you in trouble later. So I guess I would say that. And then to women, especially who are adults or older, to really seek out younger people to be mentors for and to be able to really be a community for them, a safe community. And we talked about a lot about the work that we do at Damascus Road. If you're interested in being a a safe community, a safe uh, mentor for somebody who's gone through abuse or sexual exploitation, please check out our uh, Damascus Road Project Facebook page. Um, We have volunteer opportunities. We have a rally coming up January 11th. We do that every year for Human Trafficking Awareness Day. It's in Oshkosh from 11 to 1 um, at the Sundial on Main Street from 11 to 1 January 11th. So that's a a great way to come together with a community of people who are willing and are interested in reaching women who have been exploited and the prevention for young people. It's all about that. So there's lots of ways to get involved and be a community for youth that are in need. Mike, some of your final thoughts tonight. You know, if I'm going to go through adversity, I want to go through it with a community. I just encourage everyone tonight, as you think about who is your community, to grow community give yourself away. You have skills, you have abilities, you have gifts that you can walk into another person's life, especially if they're going through adversity, and feed into them the same things that Christ has fed into you and uh, give them you know, a sense of hope, encouragement, love, unconditional love, just like that little four-year-old girl did in the video to that older man. I tell you, you will have community. And when adversity hits, because it will, you'll see yourself Things will come out of your life that you uh, didn't know were there, and you'll have people around you that say, I'm here with you. I can get you. We can get through this, and you become a better person because of it. There's a verse in Job by one of his buddies who were actually wrong in most of what he said. It's Job 36.15. It says, he delivers the afflicted by their affliction mm-hmm. and opens their ear by adversity. Mm-hmm. That's a very keen observation. Yeah. A lot of times we're so afraid of something and we go through it, we realize that it's not that that we should have been afraid of. He actually allows us to go through affliction and adversity so that we can be delivered. So that we can see that these things don't have power over us and we can see that they don't rule or control and eventually our fear is gone from those things. 
Again, Job 36.15, go take a look at it. it. Not everything that Job's friends said were right, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't take everything that they say right, and we're told that they're not. But that one seems to have some, uh, some punch to it. And if you're going through adversity, welcome to the human race. We are people who will see adversity, all of us. And it is important that during those times that we're around people that love us and want us, and we allow God to be God, and we enjoy who he is, because no matter what the adversity is, we win if we allow him to be God. And I would encourage, um, if you're struggling tonight, to go to hopenet360.com and talk to a live coach. Talk to him about whatever's on your mind. See if we can't be helpful uh, in your journey so that we can be uh, that friend standing with you, even though we're not there physically. Maybe we can help some other way. We do want you to know that, that uh, God has a plan, and his plan is going to be worked out, and he's going to be right in the end. And we want to invite you to join that plan. And no matter where you are in life, you can do that. And uh, if that's confusing to you, get on the line and talk to one of these counselors. I can't encourage that enough. There's so many things that will steal your joy this time of year. And and it's up to us to determine whether or not we're going to allow our joy to be stolen. I think as we talk about adversity, the one thing that I would encourage you with is don't be focused on the adversity. And for those who are just asking the question, is there somebody around me that's just going through something right now? Don't try to just be the solution and the catch-all for it. I think the main thing to recognize is when someone is going through adversity in a difficult time in life, they're not looking for you to have the answers. They're looking for you to just be there. They want to know that they're not alone. So as ambassadors, people that are people of hope, we can go out and, and just be present, just be available, just be, as Dave was talking about, there. Not to preach, not to give some kind of a great homily or something, but to, to just be present. And maybe that means a shoulder to cry. Maybe that means to cry together. But look for those opportunities. Take time out of your day to go that extra step and to make sure those around you are cared for. And especially those who are looking for community. Be ready to point people towards community. Maybe it's including them in your community. Maybe you know the right people that they can get plugged into. Be that person. Be an ambassador. Be a resource to those people. That's it for our show tonight here on HopeNet Radio. We hope this has been an encouragement to you this week as we head into the Christmas season officially. You can find these and past episodes on our website, HopeNet360.com. Subscribe to the podcast at HopeNet360.com slash podcast. This live Twitter chat to tweet back is going 24-7 at HopeNet360.com or on Twitter using the hashtag HNRTV. Of course, you can follow HopeNet Radio on social media using the at HopeNet Radio handle on most social platforms. From all of us here on HopeNet Radio, make each conversation count this week. You could save a life. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.